0: This is Taiwan Plus on ICRT, your connection to stories that matter. Brought to you by the news team at TaiwanPlus.com
1: welcome to Taiwan Plus News. I'm Inka kavat A low turnout and results along political lines are raising questions about Taiwan's referendum system after it was put to the test last Saturday. The ruling Democratic Progressive Party managed to get a narrow majority to back its stance on each of the four issues on the ballot. It has left the opposition Kuomintang re-examining its strategy of pushing for referendums to gain support. As Bing Wang reports, people in Taiwan are asking who
2: these voting exercises really be- benefit. The straight no results of Taiwan's Saturday referendums are being hailed as a vote of confidence for the ruling Democratic Progressive Party, or the DPP. The issues had to do with pork imports, nuclear energy, saving an algo reef, and the referendum system itself. And the DPP had urged their supporters to vote no on all four of them. President Tsai Ing-wen called it a win for democracy in
3: Taiwan. The
2: opposition Kuomintang, or KMT, had advocated on all yes votes, and the final tally saw voting fall largely along party lines, with about 4 million no votes and between 3.7 to 3.9 million yes votes for each issue. This meant voters mostly voted all in favor of the four issues or all against. Former Vice President of Taiwan, Annette Liu, also a member of the DPP, blasted her party's handling of the votes. While the votes were in DPP's favor, the victory is bittersweet. Local polls had indicated a turnout of 75%, but ultimately it was much lower. Pundits say the low voter turnout could be due to a variety of reasons, such as cold weather, voter fatigue, not caring enough about the issues, and a lack of detailed analysis of the four measures. Former KMT chairman Johnny Chang was quick to criticize the referendum system. The ruling DPP could claim victory on the referendums and much falls on the KMT for failing to mobilize its voter base. But pundits on both sides are now wondering if referendums have strayed too far from their original intention, which is to give the Taiwanese people an informed and independent voice on critical issues without feeling like they must vote along partisan lines. James Raynard and Bing Wong for Taiwan Plus.
1: To find out more about why the referendums failed to pass, Taiwan Plus reporter Louise Watt spoke to Brian Hugh, the founding editor of the online magazine New Bloom. She started by asking him what he makes of the results or non-results at the weekend.
0: Um, There was thought ahead of time that, for example, rain could potentially affect the turnout. Uh, There was not rain. However, there was cold, at least in Taipei. Um, I think it was also a question as to which party would just come out on top. And major polling, most polling, uh, did actually have the results uh, very different from the present, actually, in which it seemed much more contested. And results on some of the referendums would have been in favor of the KMT. But the results all swung in the direction of the DPP. Uh, What I think was also interesting is that people seemed to be voting along party lines, uh, either for yeses or for noes. There was not actually room for voting separately on these issues individually.
4: The Premier has said the fact that the four referendums didn't pass shows that the public has confidence in the government's policy. Do you think this is right?
0: It's hard to know. Uh, I think it depends on who came out. Uh, the people that came out maybe were people that supported the DPP, that were in favour of no. Maybe the DPP was seemingly more successful at mobilising its party base than the already demoralized KMT was. However, I think what is clear is that it will be taken in the discourse, uh, uh, in the political discourse and in the media discourse as a sign of a mandate for the Tsai administration. So the Tsai administration is in a stronger position now going into 2022 midterm elections. For example, it did actually field some of the candidates that it plans to run in 2022 and have them campaign for the referendum. And so if the referendum had been a defeat, that would have damaged potentially the chances of these candidates that it's fielding.
4: During the referendum, there were some issues raised that perhaps there's voter fatigue with another nationwide vote um, in just a few years. So are people, despite what people say about Taiwan having such a vibrant democracy and a model for democracy in Asia, are there too many votes in Taiwan?
0: (laughs) So I think this is actually a very interesting question because of the fact that with the referendum on a different date from national elections, that means we're going to have a vote this year in 2021, election in 2022, uh, possibly another referendum vote in 2023, and then presidential elections in 2024. And so who is going to come out for these votes that occur every year uh, are drain on resources and do require people to take some time off and go out and go vote? Though so it can be quite quick. Um, and so I think that also will lead to questions in, in, for example, comparing this referendum campaign to 2018 or 2020, there's not the same sense of ubiquitous uh, campaigning in which campaigning was simply everywhere around you, no matter where you went. And this was the thing that dominated uh, Taiwanese news and, and discourse. Um, there's not this sense of existential crisis regarding Taiwan's future that one saw, for example, in the lead up to 2020 elections.
1: While Saturday's referendums may have failed to inspire a high turnout, there was one topic that gripped Taiwan this weekend a celebrity divorce. Wang Li Hong, a Taiwanese American singer songwriter known for his pristine public image, announced his separation from Li Jinglei at eight, after eight years of marriage. However, shortly after the announcement, Lee took to social media accusing Wang of cheating on her for years and abandoning his family. Ken Ning has a story. Hey,
3: hey. Betrayal and infidelity. The breakup of pop star Wang Lihong and his wife Li Jinglei is anything but amicable. Since announcing their divorce on December 15, the pair have become the center of a scandal that has rocked the Chinese-speaking world. It all started with accusations Li made on Chinese social media platform Xina Weibo. On it, she claimed Wang had cheated on her, hired prostitutes, and abandoned his family shattering the wholesome image that the singer had cultivated since the start of his career. The situation worsened when Wang's father shared a handwritten letter with the media to help his son. He accused Li of threatening to ruin Wang's career if they didn't marry and demanding millions of dollars in living expenses. On social media, Li Jinglei responded saying the Wangs were trying to buy her silence. Wang arrived back in Taiwan late Saturday night and did not respond to requests for comment. The impact of the scandal is already damaging his career. Multiple brands have announced an end to their partnerships with the singer. On Monday, Wang released a statement on Facebook apologizing for his actions and announcing he would be taking a break from his career to focus on his family. But for the millions of fans Wang has built up across Taiwan, China, and the rest of the Chinese-speaking world, an apology is unlikely to ease disappointment at the artist's alleged behavior. Kama and Ken Ning for Taiwan Plus.
1: World number one, Dai Zing of Taiwan, grabbed the runner up spot in the women's singles final at the Badminton World Federation World Championships in Helva, Spain. Yeah. Dai, silver medalist at the Tokyo Olympics, lost out to world number three, Akane Yamaguchi, of Japan. Dai took an early lead but appeared to be hampered by a thigh injury as the game went on and was unable to clear low shots. She eventually lost the final in straight sets. Despite the defeat, Dai ends 2020 as a top-ranked female player and the Federation's female player of the year. A woman infected with COVID-19 while working with infected lab rats at Taiwan's top research body was not following procedure. That's the word from health officials on Monday. An investigation at the research institute Academia Sinica has reduced three possible routes of infection. One is direct respiratory infection. The institute says the woman was not conducting the experiment in a biosafety cabinet or wearing an N95 mask. A second possibility is via the woman's gloves. She was only wearing one pair of gloves when handling the infected animals. Officials say the third mistake came when she left the lab by removing her mask first before the rest of her protective gear. The Arctic in the Northern Hemisphere has been called the closest thing the world has to a ticking clock. It's warming at roughly twice the rate of the global average. Over the years, international researchers have worked in the Arctic to gather crucial data on climate change. And for the first time, Taiwanese scientists are lending a hand. Alice Cheng has more on their historic 28-day expedition.
4: In July... Three researchers from National Central University traveled over 7,000 kilometers to reach one of the world's main observation centers in Svalbard. That's midway between the northern coast of Norway and the North Pole. It's the first time Taiwan has been able to collect first-hand data. The Arctic is considered an early warning system for global warming, as changes often happen there first. So, various countries have sent scientific expeditions to conduct research. The Taiwanese team's arrival at the Polish Polar Station in the eastern part of Svalbard is just the beginning of their adventure. Carrying nearly 10 kilos of equipment, The Taiwanese team hiked deep into the glacier under the risk of sleeping on the ice and falling into crevices. Despite these difficulties, they successfully deployed 40 seismometers. It isn't just the researchers collecting data, the local animals are also curious about the uninvited visitors. Experts worry that these creatures' wonderland will vanish from the world. We are losing the Svalbard we know. We are losing the Arctic as we know it because of climate change. This is a forewarning of all the hardship and problems that will spread around the planet. It is important to is stop it as quickly and as soon as possible. The team from Taiwan was proud to finally contribute to international research on global warming. As the international community continues to discuss how to save the disappearing Arctic, these three university scientists have not only displayed the academic strength of their country, They've also shown that Taiwan can play an active role in finding global
1: answers. Alice Chen for Taiwan Plus. Thanks for watching Taiwan Plus News. I'm Inke We leave you with footage of thousands of Santa Clauses in a charity run through Madrid, Spain, to raise money for victims of the volcanic eruption on the Spanish island of La Palma. For more stories from Taiwan and around the world, please download the Taiwan Plus app. Stay safe and see you next time.
3: Thanks for listening
0: to Taiwan Plus on ICRT. For more great stories from Taiwan and around the world, visit TaiwanPlus.com.